What up, what up, what up? And welcome back to another new money movement. How y'all doing, man? Hope you guys are feeling good. Got, got a couple got a couple cool stories that we're gonna dive into today. So man, let's just get into it. Hot off the press. Inflation hit 8.5% in the US. The March numbers just came out. This is the highest in four decades. Skyrocketing energy and food costs, supply chain constraints, strong consumer demand. It's the same story. It's getting worse. It looks like um, it was literally announced this morning. Consumers, their demand, like people are just still buying. Inflation's not even sort of affecting their purchasing habits in the sense that it seems like it is. Some people are scaling back, but there's still extremely strong demand. You know, consumers' balance sheets have never been better. You know, some people would argue with that, but I mean, look at like people are still buying like a shit ton. You see all of these companies in their earnings calls saying, hey, we rose our prices like 10, 15%. I know Chipotle did, I think for their Q4 earnings call earlier this year, they were basically saying, yeah, man, we raised our prices and consumers didn't let up. So, you know, companies are gonna continue to do that. Energy is obviously, you know, in a shit show right now because of uh, the Russia-Ukraine crisis and situation. But yeah, it's it's it was 7.9 in February, 8.5 now. Here in Canada, they say it's a lot less, or, you know, it's a bit less. It's it's probably somewhere around there. It's probably like six to 7%, if anything, if not the same, depending on a lot of things. So really, I mean, this is just gonna drive. This is gonna drive people crazy. I know Biden doesn't want to hear about this, and and this is definitely not gonna help him. This guy's gonna get slaughtered come uh, come the midterms and stuff like that. And and you know, inflation there, for better or for worse, they put that on the president. But yeah, energy prices were up 11% in March. Prices for groceries accelerated. They rose 1.5% from a month earlier. Dining out was was chilled out, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's just same story. Now, to me, it's like, how does central bank, like how do central bankers uh, fight this without tipping us into a recession, right? We talked about that last episode. It's this ridiculously difficult dance of, of trying to raise interest rates, keep, you know, cool off the economy without like pulling us back uh, per se. And it's just, I mean, this is, this is big news because it was starting to sort of like dampen off. It was starting to like level off a little bit. The rate of change was sort of slowing. It was still increasing, Let's say it was going from like four to six percent, then it was going to seven, you know. So there, it, was, it was slowing down. It looked like it was peaking, and then bang, um, you know, this this um, the European Russia Ukraine uh, crisis came up, and and we're back, and and it's you know inflation is uh, crazier than ever. So it's gonna be here to stay, unless. Yeah, it, I mean, it just makes it more likely that there's gonna be a recession or a pullback. Now, should you do anything? Should you speculate on that? Should you try to time the market and do all this kind of bullshit? Absolutely fucking not, because you never know. <laughs> you absolutely never know. Another thing that I really wanted to cover, so Elon, we talked about last week, he, he basically is the largest shareholder in Twitter, said he's not joining the board. Apparently, he wants to accumulate more shares. He doesn't want to be restricted. Uh, he wants to be able to speak out as an activist investor. As a board member, he would have been limited to owning 14.9%. But him saying that, no, man, I'm not joining the board. I'm just going to press you guys. He could try to do a hostile takeover and like literally take over the company. That, that could happen, right? I don't know if it would, but he's such a fucking troll. It would be so Elon Musk to do a hostile takeover as like a meme. You know what I mean? Like, what world are we in right now? Like, it's insanity. The richest, most, you know, questionably powerful man in the world 
is just like trolling a, a, a bunch of one of the most notable companies in the world by literally buying the biggest share and being like just middle finger to all of it. And it's literally, to me, it's just a joke. Like this is nothing to him. Like This guy's working on such bigger problems and he just fucking buys up Twitter and he's just, I mean, it's just hilarious. And it's just ridiculous, you know, what you can do when you have that much fucking money. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Another thing I saw was that Ford F-150s are one of the highest selling vehicles in uh, Canada, in the US especially. The F-150 lineup in the US alone was responsible for 40 billion plus in annual revenue. Now, as an American product, it comes only second to iPhone in sales, according to Bloomberg. Now, with 200,000 reservations for the all new battery electric F-150 Lightning, man, yeah, that's a little uh, commercially, they'll be basically, uh, they'll begin deliveries in the coming weeks. Now, I'm pretty sure the electric F-150 right now is gonna be cheaper than the gas one. Now, if you guys factor in the subsidies that you get from getting an electric F-150, at least in the States, it's 17% less expensive than the gas-powered siblings. So that's pretty nuts to think that an electric version of this car that apparently can power a house for three days or something like that is gonna be 17% less expensive. So why wouldn't you get it? Now, demand is probably, like, like I said, 200,000 reservations. It's probably gonna be really difficult to get your hands on one of these things uh, for a long time. I don't even know about Canada. This is just American data, but that's pretty crazy stuff. And it's sort of talking about like, you know, Tesla was obviously the first one, but now, you know, every auto company, every, you know, vehicle manufacturer is in the EV game. Like they're gonna, that is where it's going. And who's going to win? Is it a, is it a race to the bottom? Is it going to be, you know, who's gonna bring mass market cars? Because Tesla's, they're everywhere, but there's still a premium product. You know, you know, everyday people can't really buy one. And this ever since, you know, the, the chips and everything and the shortages and the pandemic and everything, it's just harder to get your hands on one for an affordable price. I think like, you know, the cheapest one starts at like 60, 65 K right now. And then, it, you know, with, with everything that comes with it and, and, you know, them taking away some of the, the sort of subsidies and, and the, the credits and things like that, it, it's, it's really expensive. And it's for people who, you know, but I mean, there are people that can't afford a Tesla that have a Tesla, but for the most part, it's still a premium product for, you know, upper middle class or upper class folks. And so can Honda, can Toyota, can some of these manufacturers come make it extremely cheap at a mass scale and bring them to market like you know we we'll see i mean yeah there's things like priuses and hybrids and shit like that but like i'm talking about like the real like every other car is an electric car type of deal like that like in five to ten years who's going to be the company is it going to be tesla i'm not sure if you guys are looking for a new credit card that's awesome and gives you great cash back you're looking for a fantastic savings account that'll give you a good yield, a good return on your money for, I mean, it's not going to give you 10%, but it'll give you something. Then you guys need to check out Neo Financial. They are a proud sponsor of the show uh, and they've supported your boy for some time. And so uh, I would love for you guys to check out some of the products. They are, in my opinion, one of the best things in fintech in Canada right now, uh, especially for young Canadians. Uh, so, you know, and who knows, maybe Americans soon, but uh, right now Canadians. So if you guys are interested at all in getting a better credit card, better savings account, better uh, want to build a credit with their credit builder, check out the link in the description. I'm telling y'all, you will not regret it. 
So another thing, there is a Bitcoin conference in Miami, and it looks like Miami is going to be the new capital of, of crypto, apparently. They, they released, I wish I could show you guys, and if I can put this on in the video, that'd be great. Like the, They released this freaking bull. So there's a bull in New York, like a Wall Street bull, this big bull statue, but Miami created their own and it's a bull, but it's got like the Bitcoin eyes and the whatever, the golden horns and shit. And it's a new statue. And so it's the, they are trying to be like the future of finance. Uh, the, uh, you know, the mayor is putting a ton of money into this. More than 25,000 attendees were in Miami to hear the major announcements. I was actually thinking about going to this thing, but I, I didn't end up going. Kind of would have been dope. I mean, it's kind of like roll your eyes at something like this and you could only imagine the fucking characters uh, that were there but the conference may say less about bitcoin than the city of miami whose mayor francis suarez uh, has waged an all-out campaign to attract crypto companies during the pandemic low taxes you know you know part of the sales pitch transformed miami into a serious crypto player the vc funding of miami area crypto companies exploded from 6 million in 2020 to 745 million the next year so almost up to a billion just because hey if you make it attractive enough politically from you know taxes and things like that they will come like build it and they will come and that is what miami's trying to do and so good for them because it's it's great to have things that are not just silicon valley for for you know tech and innovation and things like that and it looks like you know toronto even is, is starting to pop up and austin and some of these other uh, areas are starting to pop up um for different uh, you know, hubs, you know, these, these different hubs. So innovation doesn't need to be hoarded in, you know, California. It can be, you know, in other places. Another thing that I saw was that there's like this avian flu or this, this poultry flu or something. And this kind of ties into inflation because this could affect it if it gets bad enough. I'm not sure where it's at right now, but apparently 24 states have been infected with this like deadly flu. And so it's 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 like this virus and it's so contagious that if it's this it's if it's detected in just one chicken, the entire flock must be killed. Even zoos, which haven't seen any outbreaks yet, are ramping up protections for birds in their exhibits. So basically, the only real risk avian flu poses to humans is through the price of chicken parm, right? Like that that is that is the risk. The average price of chicken breast in the US rose 79 cents per pound from last week and currently stands at $1.45 higher than a year ago. I don't know if you guys have paid attention or have been looking at like chicken prices, but it's getting more expensive. Beef, all of that shit is getting way more expensive. And so it just seems like it's just fucking thing after thing after thing that's causing inflation and it's like you know i, I don't know it's <laughs> i wish i had better news for you guys i feel like this whole freaking i mean other than the f-150 that's kind of cool and like elon trolling this whole like you know episode's been kind of negative let me see if i can find a, a positive story here okay cool Uber announced it would let travelers book a wide range of travel options in its UK app this year, including trains, buses, planes, and car rentals. Now, what's the catch? Uber won't be providing the travel service itself. Uber will announce various partners over the coming months and may take a cut of the bookings. This isn't the first time Uber has offered third-party travel services either. In 2019, Uber partnered with HeliFlight to launch Uber Copter, which allowed users to book short flights from Manhattan to JFK. In 2020, they partnered with Dames Clippers, an English boat company to offer boat rides along the Thames River. Last month, Uber struck an agreement with New York City, uh, the taxis, which is, was hilarious. I mean, that was like the original sort of like butting of heads. Um, and now, you know, there's New York City taxis on the app. 
The move signals Uber's goal to diversify its offerings as it shoots for long-term profitability and recovers from the pandemic. I mean, that's pretty positive stuff. And, and I think there's other companies that are doing this too. I think Google Travel, which includes Google Maps, Google Flights, and other uh, tools are starting to come out, making it more easy and cheaper to travel. Airbnb, you know, has hinted at its own super app ambitions by allowing boutique firms, you know, on the app and building out trip planning features and all these different experiences, upstarts. There's this thing called Hopper, which is the fastest growing travel app in 2021, uh, which is making a competitive picture even scarier. So there's a ton of companies that are working on this to make travel more accessible, cheaper, easier, all that kind of stuff. And that's awesome. It's gonna be really cool to sort of see these things I think a former CEO of Expedia is running Uber right now. And that makes a ton of sense because by the sounds of it, it looks like they're trying to make Uber into an Expedia-esque thing in an easy and accessible way. And a lot of other companies, you know, are thinking about the same thing. How do we provide this all-in-one travel experience? How do I provide this like, you know, like we talked about, like ride shares. What if you could come up with an app that like blends all of it, you know, ride shares, like just sort of peer-to-peer -peer everything, you know, like a blend between Uber and Expedia and Airbnb, right? And it just makes this like this hub of like traveling and all that kind of stuff. Because if you think about it, if you could book your place to stay, your flight, uh, how you're gonna get around in the city, like it can be sort of stream. I mean, it's a very difficult problem, but it could sort of like be this all in one thing. And they might try to do that. like. You could, you could probably think about like Uber and Airbnb sort of looking at each other and be like, why can't we do that since we're in the peer to peer space? And it seems like that's sort of what's happening as they expand and as they have, uh, you know, more broader scale. I mean, Airbnb, I think is probably like, I would not be shocked if Airbnb started doing like ride sharing shit and started to sort of like take the Turo model and, and, and kind of just like just take that, become like Facebook and just take shit. Uh, that, that could happen, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting. But that's, you know, that's great. And this is what competition does when you have all these awesome companies working on difficult problems. It just makes it much easier for the consumer and makes their life a little bit better. And lastly, guys, I just want to close off with this massive startup failure. So I've heard a lot of <laughs> uh, stories on this. It's called Fast. It's this company known uh, for its one click checkout button. Um, and it's apparently just gone completely out of business. Uh, they announced on Tuesday that it's, sh it's shutting down. They let go of all 450 people that work for it and they blew $120 million. Like, boom, they raise 120 million, it's all gone. Imagine that, $120 million, poof, gone. Fast burnout comes just two years after payments giant Stripe led the company Series A, and 15 months after it closed a mammoth $102 million Series B. I think they made like $600,000 in annual revenue. Like, like, <laughs> what? Like, literally like less than a percent of, of what they raised is what is it what they made in, in uh, this year or last year or something like that. I think it, they're, no, their entire 2021 revenue was about $600,000, but they were spending $10 million per month. They were doing these crazy promotions things, promotion things, you know, their, their founder uh, was like doing all this crazy shit on Twitter, always talking about how great they were. These guys hadn't done fucking anything. And like, yes, I understand the sort of burn, burn, burn. And then you, you know, you do the Amazon model and you're just losing money, losing money, Uber model, losing money, losing money, get to scale. These guys weren't doing anything productive though. They like, they weren't gaining users. They weren't doing fucking anything. They were just like fucking you know, just balling out on over the top corporate retreats and pricey corporate swag. And it teamed up with NASCAR for marketing stunts and, and did a ch something with the chain smokers. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And 
you know, like one click checkout, you know, you have insane competition, PayPal, Apple, Bolt, Shopify, they're, they're all in that space. And you're, you're out here like just burning 10 million a month. And not to mention fast main product is like insanely competitive. PayPal, Apple, Bolt, Shopify, they've all got their own versions of that tech. And, you know, I just think like, like what the hell are you doing, doing all this marketing shit? Like I understand flaring and being, you know, building in public and all that kind of stuff, but like, what the hell, man, it's just insane. But yeah, that is all I have for you guys. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I really appreciate all the support. Be sure to leave the reviews and do all that kind of jazz. But I hope you guys enjoyed this story. Let me know. Be sure to check out some of the uh, videos on YouTube. Go subscribe to New Money Clips on YouTube. I would love for you guys to check that out. But I appreciate y'all. Boy, I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace.